and welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways that your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So I'm curious, do you ever procrastinate? And if you do, where do you procrastinate the most? Is it in your personal life? Is it with your business? Most entrepreneurs do procrastinate in some way, which is perfectly normal, but it is largely due to the fact that, quite frankly, there's just so much going on at all times. But what if I told you that I could share a tip with you today that would stop your dysfunctional relationship with procrastination forever? That's right. If you found yourself here today, then you're going to find out exactly how to free yourself from this nasty habit for good. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to share why procrastination is so harmful for entrepreneurs. Second, I'm going to share the secret of how to stop procrastinating. In our third segment, I'm going to help you figure out what is at the root of your procrastination. And then in the last segment, I'm going to give you 10 great tips that will help you move forward into action. But first, I wanna start with the story. So if you're like the vast majority of the population, you've likely seen the movie Titanic at some point in your life. And whether you enjoyed it or not, you have to admit that movie was a pretty big deal at that time. Was it the budget? Was it the famous stars? Was it the great soundtrack or the epic length of the movie? I distinctly remember wanting to go see that in the theater as soon as it came out. And I went to watch it when I lived in North Vancouver. And I did love the movie. It was epic and it was long. But one of the most significant things about the movie is the fact that they didn't actually portray the Titanic as a tragedy. They shifted the focus of the movie to be on a love story. And while at the surface, the story is really around something that's very horrific, while watching the movie, the message was truly about something deeper. It was about the courage of true love and being independent and honoring your value of freedom and living true to your core values. And the plot is such a great metaphor for an iceberg, isn't it? Because when you look at an iceberg, you typically see only what is above the water because that's all that's available to the naked eye, right? But logically, we know that there may be only 20% of that iceberg showing up above the water. The rest of it, the 80%, is hiding below the surface. Now, I think icebergs are fascinating. They're a great visual representation of our subconscious mind. What we see above the water represents our conscious thoughts because that is 
all we can see with the naked eye. And because that's what most people can see, that's often what they think exists. But we know different, don't we? We know that the sheer power of our subconscious and how it impacts us. And just like with the iceberg, where most of the powerful, most dangerous portion of it lies below the surface, so too do our thoughts. It is your subconscious thoughts below the waterline, such as your beliefs, your values, your narratives that pose the most dangerous threat to you. And this is why, as conscious entrepreneurs, we know that it is important to invest time into being and not just doing, because this is where our success really stems from. Our mindset is our subconscious blueprint for success. And no matter how hard we work above the water level with our actions, if we don't have a healthy mindset, then we won't be able to sustain our success. You see, above the surface level is our actions, our doing, but below the surface, that 80%, well, that part of the iceberg represents who we are and our subconscious and our values and our beliefs and our thought patterns and the stories and the narratives that we tell ourselves over and over and over again until they become a reality. All our subconscious beliefs and stories are the foundation that determine what we accomplish. And that's a great tweetable, so I'm gonna say it again. All of our subconscious beliefs and stories are the foundation that determine what we accomplish. So today, I'm gonna invite you to take a deeper dive and really, really go below the surface level with me today and explore what's going on at a subconscious level. Because once we become fully aware of what's going on there, you will be so much more productive and efficient with your business. I promise. Now, I have to confess, procrastination is one of my favorite topics. Not only because I face it on a very regular basis, but also because most of my clients face it too. And it is my responsibility to help them get through the procrastination to the other side. So you could kind of say I'm a bit of an expert at procrastination. I can spot it a mile away and I have lots of tools to help you get through it. So what about you? Do you ever face procrastination with your business? Do you ever struggle with it? This is a really important thing because the impact of procrastination isn't just whether your work gets done or not. I mean, yeah, that's definitely an impact, but that isn't really all of it. The bigger impact is that when we procrastinate, especially when it's done subconsciously, we start to think that there's something wrong with us, like we're really lazy or we lack drive or motivation or we're not smart enough. And armed with all these negative messages, we start to really beat ourselves up as a result of it. And this often leads to a vicious circle of feeling stuck because you see, we procrastinate on something and then we get frustrated because we can't move forward. And then this holds us back from doing what we truly wanna do and what we know we should do. And then this makes us feel even worse because we're not living our dream. Then, because we've waited so long to start something, it seems even more elusive 
and we've wasted so much time starting now that we know when we actually do produce it, it better be really, really good, extra, extra good to compensate for all that time that it took to create it. And then all this extra pressure and this extra stress builds up on us and the expectation of what we are creating is that much bigger now, which makes it even more frustrating and overwhelming and even harder to start. And this keeps us stuck and we keep going around in circles and circles. Is the insanity becoming clear to you yet? It's like a vicious circle of not taking action and beating ourselves up and then the longer we wait, the harder it is to start. So one really important thing that I've learned over the years is that there's a misconception that lazy people are the ones that procrastinate. And I don't believe that that's true. You see, lazy people don't even tend to set goals, right? So they're not really procrastinating on anything. They're just going through life with the bar set really low. You know, maybe wishing and dreaming that they could change things, but they never actually take any action to move forward or set any goals. The people who procrastinate the most are often the people who are very driven and intelligent and have very high expectations for themselves. And they tend to suffer from the paralysis of perfection. So the paralysis of perfection is when you have a mental block from starting something because you have such incredibly high standards for yourself and you're worried that it won't be perfect the first time. And then, as a result, we often beat ourselves up in cruel and unusual ways because we can't get started. Then we strive to make up for that delay by making it even bigger and better than we initially envisioned. Then our goal becomes even more intimidating to us and harder to get started, and we get stuck. And we're left with this feeling of never actually being satisfied or never feeling like we're good enough. This is a great time to remind you of the golden rule of entrepreneurship. Do you remember what it was? Done is better than perfect. So I really want to make sure that you understand what is going on here. When you procrastinate, because a lot of times we beat ourselves up when we procrastinate and we think we need more willpower or we need to work harder to try to control things. But here's some tough love. Control and willpower are just band-aid solutions. They will only get you so far. So stop trying to control yourself and let's get to the root of what is causing the problem instead of trying to punish you for it. I want you to have compassion for yourself. Okay, so now I wanna tell you how to stop procrastinating. Are you ready? Here it goes. If you wanna stop procrastinating once and for all, you have to get conscious about what is causing you to procrastinate. This is the only true way to stop yourself from procrastinating. You have to get to the root of what is causing you to procrastinate. Seriously. And I know that you might be thinking, well, that's pretty obvious. And if it was that easy, then I would have done it already. But see, here's the thing. Entrepreneurs often get really stuck in that cycle of beating themselves up 
that they actually don't take the time to figure out why they're procrastinating because their ego takes over and gets them stuck in either one of two places, either beating themselves up for not taking action or trying to control or force themselves to do something which is very punishing behavior. When I see entrepreneurs beat themselves up for procrastinating, it absolutely breaks my heart. And I see it all the time. It's so dangerous. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because once we start beating ourselves up and feeling really bad, then we're definitely not going to have the right mindset to get anything done, are we? I can guarantee it. And both these behaviors from your ego are push strategies, not pull strategies. And while you might get some temporary results from them, you can't rely on them in the long term. In one of my favorite books, The One Thing, they talk a lot about willpower and how we have a very limited supply of willpower. And each time we dip into it, we have less and less of it. So willpower makes you more likely to lose later on because you have less of it. Control is a push tactic versus purpose or resonance, which are pull tactics, and they're much more powerful. This is why when we focus on building a conscious business, we focus on our purpose as the main driver because our purpose will always give us infinite motivation and inspiration in the long term, whereas control and willpower get used up and then we burn out. So start to take the long-term strategy of figuring out what is causing your procrastination. And as you work on chipping that away at that, then you can start to break down your bigger goals into smaller tasks that are meaningful and achievable to you. This strategy works every single time. So in order to stop procrastinating, you have to figure out what is causing your procrastination. Let's use that example of weeds in your backyard. So if you look at your backyard and it's covered in dandelions, like absolutely covered, like there's more yellow than there is green. If you go out there with a pair of scissors and you trim off all the heads to the dandelions, you might think that you've solved the problem, but have you? Mm, Nope, because you've just removed them at the surface level. You haven't gotten to the root, so they're going to grow back, right? Probably even worse. Now, this is the same thing with procrastination. You might use lots of temporary solutions, but you really have to learn how to get conscious in the situation. And you have to figure out what you are avoiding or scared of and then address that in a permanent way. Now, here's the good news. Once you figure out what is causing you to procrastinate on one specific task, guess what? It is likely impacting some other area of your life too. If not today, then it might surface at some later point. And then you'll be ready for it and you'll know exactly what to watch for. You're doing this work at the root level or at the soul level, and this always has a powerful impact. So in order to stop procrastinating, you have to figure out what is causing your procrastination. 
So I want to help you figure out what is causing your procrastination. Now, after working with thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, I want to point out the most common reasons that cause procrastination. Here they are. Number one, fear of failing. True. Number two, fear of success. That belief of, I'm scared of succeeding and how my life will change. And I do really believe that procrastination is the fear of success. It is one of the many causes. Another one is we get overwhelmed by the sheer magnitude of how big something is and we don't even know where to start. Another common reason, tall poppy syndrome or worried that you're going to be too successful and stand out from everyone else and what are other people going to think of you? Another common one is worthiness. You know, that belief of, I don't know if I'm really smart enough, or I don't know if I'm good enough, or I don't know if I really deserve this success. Now, another common one is being addicted to the edge. And this impacts a lot of entrepreneurs who love doing new things. They love starting new projects. They get bored or unchallenged by repetitive tasks. So they have the potential to procrastinate on boring tasks that don't feel challenging to them. I also like to call this shiny object-itis. Now, the obsessive love of doing something new for the first time, this is shiny object-itis, and it is a blessing and a curse for entrepreneurs. Another common place people get stuck is having a lack of experience or education. And they don't understand how to do something, and this lack of knowledge keeps them stuck. Or they might hold a belief that the learning is going to be so painful or so shameful, and so they avoid it completely. And lastly, the adrenaline rush. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs leave things to the last minute because they love the rush and the challenge of doing something at the last minute. Because in that final hour, they get a chance to demonstrate exactly how resourceful they are when they're crunched for time. Now, those are the most common causes of procrastination. And once you figure out what is the cause of your procrastination, or sometimes you're lucky enough for it to be a combo of a few of them, then it's time to create an action plan of how you're going to address it. So first off, you wanna shift your perspective, and this is one of the most powerful things you can do. You may have subconsciously put a label on something of good, bad, right, or wrong, and that subconscious data point impacts you. For example, you might be scared that it's gonna be hard, or scared that you'll fall into some sort of bad pattern. Part of shifting your perspective will involve coming back to your big P purpose to remember why you need to be doing this in the first place. Secondly, you create a non-negotiable action plan. Figure out exactly what it is that you're gonna do. And the third step, you create accountability, either by setting a deadline with yourself or with someone else in a public forum. Remember, Goals that we track and measure are always more successful than those that we leave to chance. 
and external accountability is an accelerator of your success. Remember, there are lots of reasons why we procrastinate, but underneath each one of them is a mental perception that we have about the task, either about how we will enjoy it or the impact of doing it. And this perception is part of our mindset or our operating system. Now, once you've figured out what is at the root of your procrastination and you've done steps two and three to create an action plan and build accountability, then your path is clear to take action. And at this point, you will be ready to take action because you'll be excited. So I want to give you some of my best tips to move you forward to action. But before I do, just a heads up that I'm going to publish a bonus episode for you this week. I had a chat with one of the members of my mastermind group last week, and we had a fantastic chat about his new business, about the fear and the imposter syndrome that he had to face, and about how the mastermind group has helped him work through this. We also talked about Wings from the Universe and the random way that he and I end up meeting each other, which is a really great story. So you'll also find out the name of his business and why I was grinning ear to ear when I first heard the name. So watch your feed for later in this week. I'm going to release that bonus episode, which is going to be an interview with Nav and I. Now, I'm going to share 10 tips with you on how to move forward to action. And you might not love all of these tips. That's okay. Some of them are going to really jump out at you and you'll be very resonant about them. And some of them might not. But as I go through this list, I want you to pick out at least three of the 10 that do speak to you. And I want you to try those out. Okay. All right. Tip number one eat that frog. Now I recently read this book, Eat That Frog is what it's called by Brian Tracy. And it really inspired me to create this whole episode because the whole book is about techniques and tools to stop procrastination. He suggests that once you figure out what your biggest procrastination is, then you must develop the discipline to do it every day. First thing, conquer it first and then make it a non-negotiable. And he says if there are many frogs or different things that you're procrastinating on, then go to the biggest and the ugliest first and then move on to the next ones. The second tip is to use a parking lot. Now, I don't know about you, but it always seems as if as soon as I sit down to do one thing that I've been procrastinating on, My mind just wants to seem to wander off and make a list of everything else I could be doing. Sometimes it's things around the house and sometimes it's pressing business tasks, but either way, they're distractions. So I create a parking lot and I tape up a blank piece of paper beside where I'm working and I write the words parking lot across the top. Then I write the numbers one to 10 along the side And as urgent distractions, and I say urgent in air quotes, like, you know, oh, I really need to make dinner reservations for Saturday night. I simply write those things down on the list. 
And then when I'm done my work block, I will go back and see whatever is urgent that needs to be done, I can take care of it. Now I've used this technique for years and I gotta tell you, I have never made it past, I've never even really made it to 10 distractions. I usually only get to two, maybe three, because at that point, your ego starts to realize that it can't distract you anymore and then it just gives up. Because by creating this parking lot, you're actually getting conscious, right? Okay, tip number three, use a timer. Now, I just like to use my phone, I keep it in airplane mode, and then I set it for five minutes, and I use that timer to get in the groove of my working zone. And if when the timer goes off and I'm still not working, then I will set it for another five minutes. But then when I do have a time where it goes off and I am working, then I'll increase it to maybe 10 minutes and work my way up until I'm at 30 minute increments. So that's the timer approach. I love this tip. It might work for you, it might not. Tip number four, the Brussels sprouts approach. Now, this is similar to eat that frog, but with this technique, I actually pick a really, really fun task that I'm excited to work on. And I say, okay, you can do that, but only after you've done this. And it's a really great technique, especially if you're procrastinating on something that you don't want to do. And this is kind of like, you know, when your parents used to say, eat your vegetables and then you'll get to have some dessert. All right. Tip number five, prohibit crossing. Now, this is a coaching technique where we tell someone that they can't do something. And that usually fires them up to make them want to do it pretty badly. So you might prohibit yourself from working on something for a full day and then only get to work on it the following day or later on in the week. Tip number six, restrict your social media and your email. Now, depending on what your business is, try taking a little break from social media and or email just for your working block of what it is that you need to get done, maybe two, three hours. Now, I know this might not work for all of you, but if you do have the option to get off email and to get off social media, give it a try, please. It will really, really help you. Tip number seven, get resonant. Now, take a few minutes to really get resonant. And by resonant, I mean really connect emotionally to what you will be like in the future. What's it gonna be like to get this project done? What kind of impact will it have? Who are you gonna be able to reach and help? Now really connect with your purpose here and really feel what it is going to be like. Tip number eight, start with a plan. When you first start out with a new project, simply take your first working block to be writing out everything that you need to do and then break it up into smaller chunks. Create the plan and then that's it. That's all you do on that first day. Just keep it high level. Tip number nine, change geography, which is just a fancy way of saying go somewhere else and see if that helps you be more productive. So whatever your typical working environment is, try going somewhere different and see how that impacts your productivity. 
changing your physical space can have a huge impact on your output. And tip number 10 is use your yoga, of course. And there's so many great tools within yoga that can really help you with focus and productivity. Meditation is an obvious one, right? It helps to calm the mind. It helps to bring you clarity. Then there's other types of breathing exercises you can use. I'm a big fan of Nadi Shodhana, which is alternate nostril breathing. Other breathing techniques are great for energizing, but Nadi Shodhana helps you to really focus and also helps you to um, reconnect when you shift tasks. And then another great way to use your yoga is to just pick out some nice restorative postures to calm yourself or to maybe do an inversion posture to really stimulate and get blood flowing to the brain, right? So that is my list of 10 tips to help you get started and moving into action. So here they are, I'll read them out quickly for you again. Eat that frog, use a parking lot, use a timer, the Brussels sprouts approach, prohibit crossing, restrict social media, get really resonant, start with a plan, change geography, and use your yoga. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on procrastination. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher so you don't ever miss an episode. And keep an eye open for this bonus episode that I'm going to be publishing later in the week. It will just magically show up in your feed one morning as an extra episode. And I would love to know what you think of this interview. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it. Bye.